Hopefully you all came uh, to receive something from the Lord this morning. And, uh, you know, it's, I must say, we are living in some very interesting times in our nation. And our nation has, is just, you see a lot of our nation just given over to come, just come just completely and total to a depravity mind. Just a very, just an ungodly mindset. And one of the things that we have to understand is that the church, we are not doing our job as we should. Um, <clears throat> that needs to change. Because if we want to see revival in our nation, we need to have revival in our churches. There, are, there is, I think it's like 30-some percent of those who go to church that are really not saved. So we see that even in our churches, we see people that claim to know Christ, but are as lost as, in, as just the lost and dying world. <clears throat> so today, I'm going to be preaching on Be Ye Holy. That is the title of my, of my message, Be Ye Holy. This is actually part one, and I will be preaching part two tonight. Um, but if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Leviticus chapter 20. Leviticus chapter 20. And uh, we're going to start there, and we're going to go all over the place. So just bear with me. Um, I do apologize ahead of time if I do talk really, really fast. But I'll try to be as slow and steady as I can. So, Leviticus chapter 20, verses 7 through 8. It says, Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy. For I am, ho- for I am the Lord your God, and ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. Now, I'm sure you probably know or have known people that will have this attitude of, bless God, I'm saved. I can do whatever I want. I can just live like the devil and whatever. Well, first of all, that's not biblical. Because right here in Leviticus... It says, God says to sanctify yourselves. What does it mean to sanctify yourself? Well, sanctification is really being set apart for God's service. It is to be set apart for God's service, but to be separate from sin and the world. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that you'll never sin, because even as born-again believers, we do sin. We do fall short. But that's why we need to repent. Okay, but we have to separate ourselves from the world. And I'm going to tell you something. People who name the name of Christ and think they can live like the devil is having a false perception and actually makes Bible Christianity look really bad. And then not to mention, when you take a look at the lost and dying world, they'll say, well, that whole church is a a bunch of hypocrites. 
And they get turned off because they see the hypocrisy of these so-called Christians. We are not to be hypocrites. Though, if we do, we need to repent. The lost and dying world, I'm coming to know and find out that the lost and dying world is looking for legitimate Christians. Not perfect Christians, but those who name the name of Christ, that they know they're sinners and saved by the grace of God. They don't want to see some fake and phony Christians going around thinking that they're something and they're not. That turns off the world and the world looks at them and says, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want it. We ought to be soul winners. We ought to save souls in Christ, to Christ. It's not us saving souls, it's Christ. But Christ gives us the great commission to preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. And we ought to be light. Jesus said that we are to be we are to let our light so shine before men that others may see and glorify your father in heaven. Let me ask you a question. If we're supposed to be light, what makes us think that we can go ahead and live like the devil? That's like complete opposites. You can't be in light and yet abide in sin. You can't. It's not possible. You're either going to be in light or in fellowship, or you're going to be in sin and separated. Because sin will cut your fellowship off from God. But the good news is that can be restored by repenting of your sin. <clears throat> now, in 1 Peter, you don't have to turn here, but in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, it says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now take a look at that. It doesn't, it's not just actions, but he says in all manner of conversation. You know, you do, when you, there's multiple forms of communication. You got verbal communication and you got, you know, your body language, your, the communication that you give off. And it says in all manner of communication. That's important. How you live as a born again Christian matters. It matters. Don't ever think it doesn't. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you really think that what you, how you live doesn't matter, it's a bad testimony, number one. But also turns off, it turns off the lost and dying world. Uh, we, we're to, we are to reach the lost and dying world. Not to turn them off. You know, Jesus said that I came to seek and to save what? That which was lost. Amen. Now, <clears throat> when we get saved and become truly born again, God sanctifies us and sets us apart. Which means that God sets us apart from the world and sin and he sets us for his service. In John chapter 15 verse 19 it says, if ye were of the world, 
the world will love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. So another question I have is this. If, if, if Bible Christianity was all about living it up and whatever after you got saved, what do you do? What do you make with that verse? Because Jesus said, I called you out of the world. We are to be a very we are to be a peculiar people, a different people, a light. We don't need more dark darkness in this land. We don't need more darkness in our churches. We need light. We need people to be as lights that are set on a hill that people can run to. But keep in mind, this light is not us. It is Christ within us. For Jesus is the light of this world. Now, I do want to make something clear that if Jesus Christ called you out of this world, we, why should we continue in sin as believers? Jesus Christ, now I want, I want to say this. Jesus Christ did not save you for you to continue in sin, but he saved you to walk in good works. Okay? In Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. This is the part I want to emphasize. For he shall save his people from their sins. If we think as believers that if if we think as believers that because we're born again we can go out and live like the devil, then the the the, the sacrifice that Christ did at the cross means nothing. It's void if we can go off and do whatever we want. And that's not what the Bible teaches. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, it says, For ye are bought with a price. Amen. What's that price? That price was Christ dying on the cross. And don't forget, it was your sin, it was my sin, it was all of our sins that put Christ on that cross. And you want to know something? Christ willingly went to that cross because he so loved you. He so loved us that he was willing to lay his life down. Why? So that through him we can go home. We are saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. For it is the gift of God. I'm going to tell you something. If God gives you a gift like salvation, there is no purpose of boasting about it. So in this life, it's not about you. It's about Christ. When we go, when we go home, it's not, a, it's not going to be about us. It's going to be about Christ. We're going to be throwing our crowns at the feet of Christ and worshiping him. This life is to prepare you for eternal life. And so by thinking that you can go ahead and sin and live like the devil while you're here... That's not that's not preparation. God will chasten us. He will correct us. God will sanctify us and he will he will deal with our sin. In first Corinthians chapter. OK, so not 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 
I'm getting ahead of myself. For you are, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So you see that your body and your spirit's not your, it's not yours. That belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to God. He gives us it to be stewards over what he has given us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 23, it says, Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Men sin. Don't be their servants. Man is cruel. A lost man is cruel. But be servants to the living God. Because God is loving He is merciful, and he's a just God. And one of these days, he's going to judge sin. It would be better for you to trust Christ and what he did for you at the cross than having to to have your sin dealt with in the last days. Because that's going to be a not-so-good time. In James chapter 1, verse 21, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. You see right there, we see it says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness. Sin is filthy. Why would you want to live like whatever you want to after you quote unquote got saved? It says to lay all aside all filthiness. See, our God is a clean God. He's a God of order. He wants us to be clean. And you want to know something? Jesus washes us with his blood and with his word. Other than that, I'm going to tell you something. If you reject, if you reject Christ and you reject his salvation and his blood, then it says in Hebrews that there is made no more sacrifice for them. What does that mean? That means if you reject Christ, there is no more sacrifice. Why? Because Christ is that sacrifice. You reject that, you got nothing. Sin will bring you down further than you want to go. And it will keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin is not good. And God knows that it's not good. He, God does what he does because he loves us. He's not trying to be mean. He's not a, a father that wants to pick on his kids. But God cares. And he loves you. Christ loves you so much that he died. He he didn't just die on the cross. He got whipped, scourged. He had a crown of thorns plied upon his head. He was made fun of. He was mocked. He was hit. He was spat at. All that before he was crucified. And you know what? He did that in your place. Now I want to say something too. If Christ did all that for you, how much more should you do something for him? Christ sacrificed his whole life for you. 
Praise God, He's alive. And He's coming again. The Bible talks about being a living sacrifice. We're to crucify the flesh. And we're to walk in the Spirit. Not in the flesh. James chapter 5, verse 19 through 20. It says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That did not say to continue in sin. It says that we are his workmanship, created unto good works, that were foreordained before you were even born for you to walk into. There is there, there should be no reason why we should be going out and living like the devil to a lost because to a lost world, they're gonna you know, if they see that side and then they find out you're a Christian, they'll be like, You're a Christian? That's a bad testimony. That's a very bad testimony. You would want to show the lost and dying world that you are born again. Again, the lost and dying world is not looking for perfection. They are looking for genuine Christians that know they're sinners, saved by grace through faith, that they're not perfect, that they need Christ in order to go to heaven. You know, we have the process of regeneration. Regeneration is the point at which the moment you become born again, the power of the Holy Ghost within you changes you and births a new man. And by the way, when you have that change in your life, you won't you will have a desire to not sin. You get all everything is new. You know, the Bible says that those who are born of God does not sin. What that's talking about is your new man. That's not talking about your flesh. That's talking about your new man. Old things are passed away. New things become or about to come. So you see that there has to be a newness of life. Which means that you have to put off sin and put on Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, all scripture, what is that? All scripture, meaning from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto what? All good works. Amen. That word perfect is not talking about sinless perfection. Perfect means mature. It means to be mature. Because we'll never be perfect on this earth. We'll be perfect when we go home to be with Amen. our Lord. And I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to that day. A whole new body. That we could praise and worship the Lord. We'll never hunger. We'll never thirst. And there would be no need for the sun. Because 
The Son of Righteousness, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, will light everything up. In Titus chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. See, all these verses I'm reading, you're seeing that it's, it speaks of something different. All these people that say, oh, we can live like the devil. But we see in these verses, the Bible says, no, you can't live like the devil. We're to be, we are to be set apart for God's service. We are to be separated. We, we are in the world, but we have to be separate from, we have to separate ourselves from the world. We are just pilgrims passing by. As believers, we ought to live holy lives and be separate from the world and sin. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you should live like the devil. Bible Christianity is not about living in sin. It's about being born again and sanctified. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If there is no, if you say that you're born again and there's no change, might be something you might want to examine. I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm not saying you are saved. This is something we are to examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith. That's what Paul says. In Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 24 through 25. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He would, Moses would rather be afflicted with his own people than having to live in the pleasures of Egypt. Egypt is a type and picture of the world. Amen. And the only thing the world can offer you is damnation and hell. But Christ can offer you eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see that God so loved the world, he gave. That's love. That's true love. True love is when you are willing to give yourself, give something up for yourself for the benefit of others. That's true love. God gave. Our salvation is not free because it came at a price. But he gives it freely to those who ask. In John chapter 17 verses 15 through 19. This is what Jesus says. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou, that, that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Truth. Where to be saint? This is going to help sanctify you. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Your Bible 
is a living book. It knows the intents of your heart. When you may not know yourself, it knows. Because the Holy Ghost resides in your Bible. Amen. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. First Corinthians in First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine through eleven, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, right there, that should tell us that we shouldn't live in sin as believers. Not saying that a believer is unrighteous, but what I'm saying is that sin is unrighteous. We are not to abide in sin. We're to we are to abide in Christ. Because Christ is that vine. And through Christ, you can bear fruit. Sin, if you abide in sin, you'll be, you will bear rotten fruit. You will bear rotten fruit. It says, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And here's, here's, here is the key part of that verse. And such were some of you. That was past tense. Such were some of you. Were is past tense. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. There's no reason why we should be abiding in sin as believers. We need to put down the old man. And we need, we need to live in the new man. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. But it says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use. When we put away the filth of the flesh... And walk in the spirit. And when we're sanctified and set apart. Then we can be used and meet for the master's use. As a vessel of honor. I don't know about you. But I myself want to be a vessel of honor and not dishonor. Because if you are a vessel of dishonor. Well, he'll change you. God will change if he needs to. Don't ever underestimate the power of God. Amen. You bring people in the church and God will work on them. You just keep persisting over and over and over and over again. Who knows? They might get saved. There you go. The worst thing anybody could say is, no, I don't want to hear that. Well, that's fine if they don't want to hear it, you know. They're going to be held, they're going to be held accountable for what you told them. We're all going to be held accountable for what we say and do, whether good or bad. And it doesn't matter if you're born again or not. You're going to be held accountable. And the standard in which we will be held by is the standard of the Word of God. 
You're not going to be held to my standard. You're not going to be held to anyone's standard but God's. And prepared unto every good work. Here's another key part. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It says flee youthful lusts. Let me give you an example. Remember when Joseph was sold into Egypt? He was in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife was wanting to do certain things. You know what happened? You know what Joseph did? He fleed. He ran away from that temptation. He did. He didn't stay there. He left. He ran quick. We're to run quick away from youthful lusts. We're to follow righteousness, faith, charity, and peace. Alright, I'm going to wrap up here with some, with a good, there's a big section of verses I'm going to uh, finish off with and then we'll go from there. Um, in Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, thir- 1 through 13, it says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing, for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Now, if you don't know the backstory of this, really quickly, they just defeated Jericho. And God said that they weren't supposed to take a single thing, that all the stuff they would get were to be put in the treasury of the Lord. They were not supposed to take anything. And we see that Achan, he, trust, he transgressed, he trespassed. And actually, I won't read all of this, but we'll go down here. Um, let's see here. We're going to actually skip a whole bunch of that, but we'll go down to here. Joshua chapter 7, verses 18 through 25. It says, And he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of fifty shekels weight. Then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under, under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran onto the tent, and behold, it was hid in his tent, and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent, and brought them unto Joshua, and unto the, all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerai, and the silver, and the garment, and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his own, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor, 
And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned them with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Let me just give you a couple things of that, okay? Well, number one is that this was after Jericho and Israel was going to go to battle against their enemies. And they lost. Do you know why? Because of Achan's sin. And by the way, Achan's sin didn't just affect him, but affected all of Israel. So number one, your sin doesn't just affect you, it affects everybody around you. Don't ever think that just because you fell short, oh, well, it's only going to affect me. No, it's going to affect everyone around you. Two, we see that his punishment was his whole family got stoned. He was killed. They stoned him for his transgression. Which should, tell, which should tell you that God sees sin as a serious thing. Amen. And thirdly, that should show you why we have to be sanctified. Because God's not going to fool around with sin. Sin is very dangerous. Amen. God takes sin very seriously. He's not going to fool around with that. This is why he has us to sanctify ourselves. Another thing we can notice is that because of this man's sin, they couldn't defeat their enemies. Now, how does that translate? Well, it translates as so. When you abide in sin and think you can live like the devil, when it comes time to spiritual warfare, you're going to lose. You cannot fight the devil by your flesh. Doesn't happen. You could try to fight the devil in the flesh, you'll lose. Okay? This is why we have to be set apart. Because when you when you're set apart and walking in the spirit, you'll gain victory through Christ. Amen, because Christ won the victory at the cross. And he abides within you. So when you walk in the spirit, you'll gain victory over sin. And the thing is, you might, you know, you might have trouble with sin and you might say, well, I can't shake this sin. What's going on? Well, one possibility is, is you're walking in the, in the flesh, which is why you're not getting victory over the sin in the first place. When you walk in the spirit, you won't. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to actually pick up. I'm going to pick up there um, in Ephesians because that's going to we're going to be getting into Ephesians and Romans. And we're going to be talking more about that. But this is where I'm going to kind of leave off uh, for for now. Um, But yeah, that's all I got. Uh, If you want to come up, brother.